Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. In today's study, we will continue to observe the events in Simon the Pharisee's house. Jesus has been invited to share a meal with Simon. While sitting at the table in the Pharisee's house, a sinful woman begins to worship Jesus. Today on Drawing Near, we will briefly review this scene and then move on to Jesus' two responses. Let's open our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 7 as we study A Sinful Woman is Forgiven. In preparation for today's study, join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for today and this opportunity that we have to open up your word, to allow it to speak to our hearts and minds, to guide us into righteousness and truth, to set us free from sin. Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. If we will abide in your word and your word abides in us, Father, then you promise great and mighty things in our lives and in our relationship with you. Guide us in today's study. Help us to draw near to you, understanding that as we do, you will draw near to us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hopefully you have turned in your Bibles to Luke chapter 7. I'm going to begin reading today in verse 36 so that we can have the entire context of this passage. In verse 36 of Luke 7, we read, Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and kept wiping them with the hair of her head, and kissing his feet and anointing them with perfume. Now when the Pharisee, who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Now we looked at these verses in our last study together, and we acknowledged that as Jesus is sitting in this Pharisee's house, having a meal with him, that this woman, probably an uninvited an unwanted guest came in. I say uninvited and unwanted because she was a sinner. She had a bad reputation. She was immoral, probably sexually immoral. But when she came in, she saw Jesus. She had brought an alabaster vial of perfume with her, probably intending to anoint his feet or wash his feet or to do something of that sort. But as she approaches Jesus, she is weeping, and she is weeping so hard that her tears are wetting Jesus' feet. And she begins drying them, wiping them with the hair of her head. And as she's doing this, she's kissing his feet. And the language of this is, she keeps crying, she keeps wiping Jesus' feet with her hair, and she keeps kissing. It's not a singular action, but an ongoing action. And this whole scene is playing out, taking time with all of these witnesses about. And so we see this, and we see the Pharisee's response. He speaks to himself. If Jesus, if this man 
were really a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this person is. She is a sinner. As we look at the following verses, we'll unpack some of this a little bit more. In verse 40, Jesus responds to the Pharisee. Jesus answered him, saying, Simon, I have something to say to you. And Simon replied, Say it, teacher. And Jesus says a moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have judged correctly. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil but she has anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I want us to see a couple of things in this passage. The first is this. Simon, the Pharisee, was sitting in judgment of Jesus. As Jesus was responding to this woman, the Pharisee said, if Jesus was really a prophet, he would know who this woman was. So he was judging Jesus. He was questioning whether or not Jesus was a prophet or who the people believed him to be. As Simon was sitting in judgment of Jesus, what he doesn't realize is, Jesus is the judge of all judges. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is God incarnate. He not only knows the heart of Simon, but he knows what's wrong with the heart of Simon. So Jesus is the true judge. But while Simon is judging Jesus, we have this woman who is a sinner. Jesus acknowledges it. Simon acknowledges it. The woman's behavior toward Jesus acknowledges it. She's a sinner. And she comes in humbly, broken over her sin, worshiping and loving Jesus. And so Jesus says to Simon, Simon, I have something I want to say to you. And so Simon says, say it, teacher. And Jesus gives this question, this parable. A moneylender has two debtors. One owes 500 denarii, the other only 50. One ten times more than the other. And when they both were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both, the 500 and the 50. And so the question to Simon is, so which one of these who have been forgiven will love the moneylender the most? And so Simon says, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. In other words, the one who is forgiven 500 is going to love more than the one who is forgiven 50. And right here we have this contrast. Jesus is saying this woman is a great sinner. Now he's really not saying that Simon the Pharisee is not a great sinner, but Simon doesn't see himself 
as a great sinner. He sees this woman as a sinner, and he doesn't identify himself that way at all. And so Jesus says, you've judged correctly. And then he turns toward this woman, the one represented in Jesus's question by owing the most. And he says to Simon, Simon, this woman, this sinner, she is behaving toward me in a way that you should be behaving toward me. I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. Typically, a guest would have his feet washed by the servants of the house. But this Pharisee, this host, didn't even offer Jesus water to wash his own feet. But not only has she washed Jesus' feet, she wet them down and washed them with their tears. And she didn't use a towel, but wiped them with her hair. He says, Simon, you didn't give me a kiss. You didn't greet me with a kiss. But she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. As a host receiving an honored guest, a servant should have washed the feet of the guest. The host would have face-to-face kissed the guest on the cheek and anointed his head with oil. All of these things any honored guest was worthy of. But Jesus, as the Messiah, he was worthy of so much more. And yet, he didn't get any of these face-to-face considerations. But this woman humbled herself and did all of these things at the feet of Jesus. Jesus says because of her worship, her humility, her contrition, her love, he says, because of these things, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. Why? Because she loved much. Then this is the indictment on Simon. Simon may not even know this. But Jesus says, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Simon, your sins are great too. Jesus doesn't say that here, but they are. All of our sins are great. But Simon didn't feel like he was forgiven much. So Simon doesn't love much. He loves little. And then Jesus says an astounding thing. He says to this woman, this sinner, your sins have been forgiven. We don't really see her asking for the forgiveness of sins. But by her behavior, she's coming contrite and broken over her sin and recognizing Jesus's holiness and righteousness, recognizing Jesus, she comes to him and she desires forgiveness of sins. She desires to be accepted. And Jesus says, your sins have been forgiven. Those who are reclining at the table with him begin to say to themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? Which tells us Jesus wasn't saying, I forgive any sin against me. He was saying, I forgive all of your sins. And then Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This woman loved much, but she didn't just love much at a distance. Her love was supported by her faith, which drove her to Jesus, led her to the feet of Christ, and demonstrated her faith in Jesus Christ, who he is, and his ability to meet her deepest need. Faith is always accompanied by activity. Faith is always lived out. And by the way, so is love. These aren't just internal things that we experience inside. If love is real in our heart, if faith is real in our heart, they are expressed. 
And so he says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. That phrase, go in peace, we can't overlook. Jesus isn't just giving her a phrase that allows her to depart, but she came in broken and conflicted, beaten down over her sin, and now she can go in peace. The sin that had enslaved her had been forgiven. She was right with her Creator, with her Savior, and now she could go in peace. Regardless of what she had done in the past, now she could go in peace. Praise the Lord. We need to ask a question, don't we? What expression does our love for God take? What expression does our faith in Jesus Christ take? Do we realize how much we are forgiven? If so, then we need to love much. If we love much, then our faith needs to express that. We need to live out that love, that gratitude for God's grace and mercy through our faith. We need to live it out. And we need to recognize that God, that Jesus Christ has the capacity to forgive our sin, to love us, and he desires us to live out our lives forgiven, saved, and in peace. What a blessing this truth is. We'd better be careful not to be looking down at people around us and thinking or feeling, acting in some way like they are greater sinners than we are. We need to have our eyes on Jesus and our relationship with him. Jesus will take care of the Simons of the world. Father in heaven, help us. Help us to see our great need. Help us to humble ourselves before you, to love you in brokenness, in contrition, and in faith demonstrate that love of brokenness and humility. We thank you for the forgiveness that can be had in Christ Jesus. But I pray that the forgiveness that we have in Christ Jesus doesn't come simply because we've just prayed a prayer, but rather we recognize it comes out of your great love for us, and it comes to those who have faith in you and love you. Thank you for this woman's testimony, for her marvelous example, this sinful woman who teaches us what love for the Lord should look like. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.